Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. Today is November the 17th, 2023. Let's talk about two fights, both of them, to me, need to be looked at from last night. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Let me, let me point out, too, that my agenda in uh, talking about sports events and in telling you how I'm betting on those sports events is simply to make money. It's to win the bets, right? Just food for thought. It's to win the bets. I don't have any outside agenda. There is nothing personal. And I'll make some hard statements about some fighters here in this video. But there's nothing personal in those video uh, in those statements, right? The same way styles make fights. Understand, in my opinion, styles make bets, right? All we're doing is looking at the betting odds being offered, looking at the styles, and then making a decision on how the play is going to be. Let me also say too that as we are figuring out now, now that. The NFL has announced that they're investigating the Bengals. What you hear in sports, the public narrative, is often not what's actually happening. So now we have photos of Joe Burrow, the quarterback for the Bengals, wearing a brace on his throwing arm, right, on his throwing wrist uh, before the game. Right. And of course, the injury report didn't quite point that out. And of course, in the game, Joe Burrow could not make the throws he needed to make. Right. Just understand public narratives. And they include in boxing that this fighter is better than sliced bread, that this fighter is the future of the sport, that this fighter is the best in the sport pound for pound. Right. Often those narratives are wrong. And realistically, I follow the 80-20 rule, right? At any given moment in time, 20% of the public is going to feel that the public narrative that everyone's supporting, 20% is going to not support it, right? So at least 20% of you don't believe that Tyson Fury is a real heavyweight champion. At least 20% of you don't believe that Usyk is the best in the heavyweight division. So let's puncture the public narrative here and talk about what actually happened and how I actually played things. Now I have a uh, member premium thing going on now on YouTube. And understand, in the membership videos, we're hunting big game. Right, the popular fights I'm going to try to always offer for free. But for those fights where I think there's a huge betting opportunity that the public doesn't recognize, where the underdog has a real chance, or perhaps the favorite is even more dominant than we think, I'm going to try to point that out on the membership site. Now, full disclosure here, right? Understand. A lot of my views are, we'll call them off-road, right? I picked Tyson Fury. 
in the first fight against Wilder when Fury was coming back from boxing Siberia, right? I'm still bitter about the decision in that fight where Fury gets knocked down twice. I thought Fury beat Wilder that first fight. Let me tell you some of my other weird views. Brock Purdy, the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, who is viewed as, you know, not elite, who was the last player picked the year he came out of college. He's one of the better quarterbacks I've ever seen. Right? This guy reads the field, doesn't have the strongest arm. I'm not sure if the strongest arm is required to be a great quarterback. Let's talk about a couple other crazy views. C.J. Stroud. Folks, the rookie right now is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. Just doing the math, if C.J. Stroud is making, let's say, and I'm guessing here, $8 million a year, in a league where Joe Burrow is making $55 million a year, let's just say the Houston Texans have about $45 to $47 million to play with while having one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right, next year. Understand, you have a lot of people in the National Football League who are now going to want to play for the Texans. By the way, has anyone figured out that D'Amico Ryans is one of the best coaches in the National Football League? Right now, with that spirit, let's dive into things. One more giveaway. The Ravens. Wow, they're off to a great start. They look good. Now you're telling me that Joe Burrow is hurt, Deshaun Watson is out in their division, and the other quarterback, and I understand, Tomlin is an alchemist, but the other quarterback is Kenny Pickett? Right, folks, if you can get the Ravens to win the division here, please do. Right, that's a favorite that's going to go on to do great things. Right, this might be Lamar's year if you're a futures better, and we know KC is tough. I'm not here discounting KC in the slightest, but some of your betting portfolio at this point, with more than a month to go in the season, has to be on the Ravens. Understand, though, football's an injury sport. If you see Lamar get hurt, miss games, okay, then things will change materially. Here in boxing, in the premium part of my YouTube site, I pick Robeson can say so a greater than a plus 900 underdog, right? My recommendation to uh, the premium members and admissed, I lost on the fight. That's what happens when it's a plus 900, right? There's risk involved, heavy risk. But I thought Robson Canseso was going to beat Emmanuel Navarrete. Now, let me just point out, I think he did. I believe the analog for this fight is that Fury-Wilder first fight. Navarrete does knock down, can say so twice. He does. In my opinion, he also loses the fight. Understand, Navarrete, overwhelming favorite, greater than 10 to 1 favorite in the fight. But what we found out is Navarrete could not box. Robson Conceso. Conceso is landing that jab whenever he wants it. Now, I give Navarrete, who is a future Hall of Famer, if you look at the record, right, um, the fact that he 
got the draw. The fight was ruled a draw. Is a credit to Navarrete. Navarrete realizing that he was having problems hitting Conceso in the head. Stepped on the gas, stepped deep in the pocket, and started landing body shots. Right? That was from the midway point of the fight on. This is after Navarrete loses at least the first two rounds of the fight. Right? Still, I'm bitter. My guy deserved more than a draw. Right? All I can say to the premium members who lost on this fight, right? Because a draw is not a win. All I can say to them is I'm going to continue to try to find situations like this where you have 9-1 to one underdogs who, quite frankly, to me, should win the fight, have a real shot, right? Because understand, all you have to do is win some of these bets, not 50%, not 40%. When you're up getting 9-1 to one in competitive matches, I believe you have to take that. The odds always matter, right? I thought Can Say So was robbed in the comment section to this video. Tell us how you had the fight scored. I thought it was clear that all Can Say So had to do was stay on his feet to win the fight. I thought he dominated to that extent. I know the announcers disagreed with me, but understand, Emmanuel Navarrete is the public favorite. He's the guy with the bright future. He's the younger man. Can say so, of course, mid-30s. Navarrete pulls the crowd, and you can imagine if they announce Navarrete against some of the bigger names at 130 or 135, Navarrete is going to make promoters rich. Well, understand, Can say so not only stays on his feet, Can say so wins the 12th round. Right? Tell us your scorecard in the comment section of this video. Too slick, lateral movement, made Navarrete throw and miss several shots. Right? Navarrete's a puncher. Navarrete roughed up Conceso's mouth. I'll give Navarrete credit on that. But you saw the holes in Navarrete's game. Navarrete is not defensively blessed. As I said, Conceso was able to hit him on demand with jabs. The timing is crucial. Conceso was able to feint, get Navarrete out of his shoes, and then hit Navarrete at will. I encourage people to look at the CompuBox numbers, understanding that the guy with the CompuBox edge was the 9-to-1 underdog. Right? So, it's been years. And I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter about that Tyson Fury Wilder first fight. Right? Now, that fight, I do blame Fury. You have the fight won. What are you doing hanging around Wilder in the 12th round? Right? To get knocked down in the 12th round. Here, Conceso savvier than Fury. Conceso's actually winning the 12th round. You know this fight was mispriced because if they announce a rematch, you understand that Conceso 
excuse me, Conceso, I got a plus 600 I see on my betting sheet here. Conceso was a 6-1 to one underdog, not a 9-1. to one. We'll talk about that fight. Edwin De Los Santos. Here, Conceso, 6-1 to one underdog. That should have delivered. You and I know that after this draw, if Navarrete is crazy enough to fight Conceso again, you and I understand that Conceso is going to be no more than a plus 200. This was a casino mispricing, right? Let me make this promise to my premium members. We're going to continue to look for competitive fights like this where one guy is going off as a 6-1 to underdog. Now let's hunt bigger game. Again, nothing personal here. Right? I'm a fan of Shakur Stevenson. I believe Stevenson beats Lomachenko. I like Stevenson's style in terms of being a gym rat. Right? Always working out. He understands that he has an athleticism edge on most of his opponents. He wants to keep it. This is not the guy who's going to dissipate it like Ricky Hatton or Roberto Duran did by gaining a lot of weight between fights and stuff like that, right? But let me say this. In my <laughs> works being done here in the background, in my premium site, the members-only site here, I picked Edwin De Los Santos. I got a plus... 966. He was going off at better than 9 to 1 over Stevenson. Simply because De Los Santos is the bigger puncher. De Los Santos has an explosive left hand. Stevenson, in my opinion, and I know this is not the popular narrative, Stevenson cannot stay in the pocket against sluggers, right? He has to move away. He has to concede the pocket. Guys like that should never be the greater than 10 to 1 favorite that Stevenson was here against a young slugger, right? Now that fight, and double check me on this. People disagree with me on this fight. In my opinion, that fight was a possession fight. In other words, Stevenson is getting the benefit of the doubt because Stevenson entered the ring with the unbeaten better reputation. Right? BoxRec, excuse me, not BoxRec, BoxingScene.com had a live scorecard. And they had Stevenson winning the fight in a runaway. That's not the fight I saw. Right? If these guys were judged evenly, we would realize that this was a razor close fight. Let me just say, one judge had the fight 115-113. In the comment section of this video, you know where I stand on this fight. Right? Stevenson is fleeing the pocket, folks. Stevenson is running. In the comment section of this video, I consider 
most of the subscribers to my videos here to be the boxing hardcore. You know boxing. Tell us in the comment section of this video the difference between Stevenson's strategy in this fight, and we understand Stevenson's a southpaw, but tell us the difference between Stevenson's strategy in this fight and Jamel Charlo's strategy against Canelo. Right, folks? Stevenson is running too much. He has great legs, right? But all I'm saying is, you know, and Ali actually engaged with sluggers, right? Look at Ali against Cleveland Williams. Understand, we mistake some of these slick fighters from the past with guys who can't punch. I need for people to understand that Ali is not only knocking out people in the 60s. And I mention Ali because Stevenson's legs... Stevenson's hand speed are exemplary. You have to mention a great, like Ali, when you're talking about Stevenson. But understand, Ali is stopping guys in his prime in the 1960s. Right? Zora Fali KO'd. Cleveland Williams KO'd. Archie Moore KO'd. Sonny Liston. KO'd, right? Neither Ali fight against Liston goes the distance. If you believe the second fight is a phantom punch fight, well, the first fight, Liston gives up the heavyweight title on his stool. You might recall that the Ali of the 1960s used to call rounds when he was going to knock guys out. It's only when he wanted to punish a guy, Ernie Terrell, who called him Clay. Then Ali starts saying to him, what's my name in the fight, right? In that fight, he has Terrell ready to go several times, backs away, wants to punish him. But understand, the hand speed and legs gave Ali, in his prime, a higher KO percentage than Shakur Stevenson, who's 26, has right now, right now, at, I was reading a boxing scene article, I had to stop reading it, it was so laughable, where they were saying a highly technical fight, I guess running these days is considered technical, we get it, Stevenson didn't want to be in the pocket against De Los Santos, we get it, Stevenson didn't want to be on De Los Santos's left side, because of De Los Santos's left hand. We get it, right? Stevenson was anxious. Stevenson wanted to stay outside the pocket. We get that this fight was low volume because Stevenson didn't want to be in the pocket and actually exchange punches. Stevenson wanted sequencing, right? Stevenson's a smart guy. He's a student of the game. He wanted a situation where he either comes in, is throwing a series of punches, and then moves away. He didn't want to actually be in the pocket and exchange with De Los Santos. Folks, the fight goes the distance. Let me point out, I was so certain the fight would not go the distance that I had the under 
rounds as a hedge. So I lost on both halves of this play. Right? It was a rough night for me. But you understand there is no planet after this fight in which Stevenson would ever again be a 10-to-1 favorite over De Los Santos. You understand that if this fight were in the Dominican Republic and if De Los Santos entered the ring with Stevenson's reputation, De Los Santos in this exact fight would be deemed the winner because Stevenson didn't do enough to take his title or his status. Understand here, neither guy had the belt coming in. This was a title fight where De Los Santos is too deferential to Stevenson, right? Gervonta Davis, who's a southpaw like De Los Santos, needs to look at this fight and needs to realize that he needs to come after Stevenson in the first round. De Los Santos comes out in the pre-fight video. I was saying De Los Santos is going to come out and he's going to be aggressive. De Los Santos comes out and must have thought he was fighting Ray Robinson, a puncher, boxer puncher, which Stevenson is not. Right? Robinson, if you followed him, you could get dropped. Like, you know, Gene Fulmer famously got dropped by his anchor punch. Right? Here, Stevenson is a boxer. He can knock you down. He knocked down a tough slugging opponent earlier this year if you walk into his punches. But if you're savvy and you have timing, Stevenson is not the big puncher. So you get that this fight was mispriced. I shouldn't have gotten a plus 900 on De Los Santos. Right? The fact that one judge had it 115, 113, and I thought that that's, you know, you could say, okay, that judge saw the fight I saw. It's a close fight like that. The 116, 112s, I don't know what fight they were watching. I simply can't explain the live scorecard on BoxingScene.com. The fight I saw, Stevenson's moving away from the pocket. Stevenson doesn't want to engage. Folks, that should never be a 10-to-1 favorite. Right? If I'm Gervonta Davis, I realize if I'm fighting Stevenson, I need to work on ways to cut off the ring. Number one, I can't be respectful from the opening bell. I have to come after him. If you're afraid that Stevenson's going to counter you, then do something that De Los Santos didn't do. Try some bob and weave. Think about Tyson. You remember Tyson with his hands by his chin and he's moving his upper body? Joe Fraser. Right, have some movements you can get inside. The point is, if a slugger can set up a pocket against Stevenson, Stevenson's going to be in trouble. If the boxing community thinks that Stevenson has the skills, this is, I'm saying this after a Stevenson unanimous decision. 
has the skills to be a 10 to 1 favorite over a slugger. You and I know the boxing community is mistaken. Right? I understand Stevenson, his contract's about to expire. I get that. Boxing luminaries. You know, uh, Floyd Mayweather was at the event, no doubt, hoping to sign Stevenson, right? I get that Stevenson's legs are special, the hand speed is special. You hear me here comparing him to Ali, right? Understand that 20%, that questions him. When I say 20%, that 20% is a floor, right? You have Devin Haney, another guy who doesn't hit, you know, We'll call him a non-puncher. Really what I should say is an average puncher, not a great puncher. You have Devin Haney this morning saying that he should have offered Stevenson 10% for a fight. He offered Stevenson 25%. Stevenson didn't take it. Right? Haney, after watching this fight, feels Stevenson is only worth 10%. Right? Let me point out, too, I don't believe Haney when he says he might come back down to 135 that's marketing. I'm on the 20% who hear statements like that and say, this guy's BSing the public, right? Haney's where he belongs at 140, not in the ring against Regis Progre. But Haney is where he belongs at 140, right? Haney would give Teofimo Lopez problems because Haney, like Stevenson here, would stay out of the pocket against Teofimo and Teofimo showed us in his fight against Sander Martin that he has a foot speed problem. Right? Well, here, De Los Santos isn't aggressive enough early. Right? He should have realized, hey, player, this fight's in Las Vegas. Hey, player, look at the crowd. They're starstruck. They're here with the understanding that Stevenson should be a 10-to-1 and better favorite against you. They're giving you next to no chance of winning the fight. In some places, Stevenson's as high as a 15-to-16-to-1. To right? I'm just telling you Stevenson, in my opinion, fought like Jamel Charlo. Didn't want to come close to the pocket. It was as if the pocket was radioactive for it. De Los Santos needs to look at the film of the Golovkin-Kell Brook fight, where Kell Brook starts fast, but Golovkin is moving his feet. Golovkin is close to him. Golovkin at times even breaks rhythm to run over to him. That's what sluggers need to practice doing against Shakur Stevenson. They need to figure out how to break stride, lose their construct and run over to Shakur Stevenson. I believe the style that beats Stevenson is the George Foreman style against Ali. I'm just naming a fight where a slugger comes out against a mover, cuts off the ring, is up on him, is throwing big punches with both hands is forcing the mover to eventually cover up by the ropes.
That's what Ali did. We now call it the rope-a-dope, right? That's the clever name Ali came up with after the fight. But just understand, as Foreman himself has said in interviews, you don't wait on a boxer. If you're fighting a Shakur Stevenson, dare I say, if you're fighting an Usyk, and you're the slugger in the fight, Dubois, AJ, you've got to go over there and you've got to cut off the ring and you've got to throw punches. You've got to also make the crowd understand that the other guy is running. There is a moment, and it's a great moment, in the Tony Bellew, Usyk fight, and Tony understood crowd dynamics. That fight's in the UK. Tony understood that his countrymen were in the crowd. There's a great moment in that fight where Tony gets tired of Usyk being outside and moving. And Tony stops fighting and says to him, hey, come in the pocket, come fight me. Now, I'm not saying that Usyk owed Tony to come in the pocket. But what I am saying is when a mover has to move, has to be outside, can engage with a slugger in the pocket, that mover can't be a 10 to 1 favorite, 10 to 1 and higher favorite, right? Usyk wasn't a 10 to 1 favorite over Tony Bellew. Shakur Stevenson should never be a greater than 10 to 1 favorite against Edwin De Los Santos, who got a 115-113 score on one of the judges' cards, right? As I said, if this fight is in a neutral location, who knows who wins? If this fight, same fight, right? Because Stevenson doesn't engage enough, right? The guys spend a lot of time looking at each other. Let me blame De Los Santos for having too much respect for Stevenson. If I'm Gervonta Davis, after looking at this fight, I realize that I have a path to success against Stevenson. Right? Understand, the punchers of the world look at Stevenson as a pretty boy. They see the hand speed. The feeling is, I can hurt this guy. Maybe he's landing more shots than me, but I can cut off the ring and I can hurt him. Isn't that the attitude that Emmanuel Navarrete had against Conceso? Right? So, I'll just say this. Stevenson, he is extremely talented. He does have among the fastest hands and best reflexes in the entire sport of boxing. If you look at his legs in this match, they're dazzling. Right? De Los Santos can actually move himself. But Stevenson clearly has special legs where he can jump outside on demand. Right? But Stevenson cannot operate in the pocket against sluggers. Like, let's say, a Floyd Mayweather. Right? He's just not that guy. Right? So sluggers in against Stevenson, 
need to have the mindset of, hey, I'm going to be attacking this guy from the first round, like George Foreman did. Right? I need to run across the ring. I can't be deferential. I'm not here for autographs. Right? I can't be deferential to this guy. I need to run across the ring. I need to impose myself. Right? Since Stevenson's a fan favorite, since Stevenson has people like Timothy Bradley saying, oh, he's going to be the best of the sport pound for pound. Since folks are confusing Stevenson with fighters like Canelo, Terrence Crawford, right? Who's a good friend of Stevenson's, right? But since, since people are confusing Stevenson with guys who can stay in the pocket against sluggers and outthink and outhit them from the pocket, right? Isn't the last guy Crawford beat Errol Spence, right? You're going to get lines in Stevenson's fights that are unwarranted. Right? Stevenson does well against other boxers. As I said, he, in my opinion, would beat Lomachenko. Right? But Stevenson against Gervonta Davis, be careful what you wish for. Right? If I'm Gervonta, I'm just working on foot speed. Right? Not to get away from Stevenson, to get to Stevenson. Right? I'm working on ring coverage. One of the stories of this fight is that De Los Santos didn't have ring coverage on a left, excuse me, on a right hook. He's a southpaw. In other words, Stevenson is moving away from the pocket with great legs. De Los Santos didn't have the left hook, the Mayweather, excuse me, didn't have the southpaw right hook. That's the equivalent of the Mayweather and the Canelo left hook. He didn't have that left hook where Stevenson's outside, he throws the left hook, covers the distance between the two of them. Excuse me, the right hook from a southpaw stance covers the distance between the two of them with an explosive punch that has power when it lands several feet away from him. Right? If De Los Santos had that, Folks, he would have won this fight in the United States. In any event, that's a plus 966 bet that I got that I lost in what I think was a very competitive fight. If you saw the fight differently, if you saw the fight like boxing scene saw it, if you saw the fight like two of the three judges saw it, 116-112, which I thought was laughable, Right, 115-113, Stevenson wins. I can live with that judge. The other two, I don't know what fight they're watching. Right, if a guy is running, he's running. How many rounds did you give? Jamel Charlo against Canelo. Right, Stevenson, you know, to me, didn't really hurt De Los Santos. Right, the two guys leave the fight pretty much unmarked. De Los Santos is pursuing Stevenson. I'm telling you, there are a lot of boxing communities who see a guy being the pursuer for 12 rounds. And they'll say, hey, you know, he's the guy trying to make the fight. 
Anyway, that's how I saw it. I congratulate Navarrete. The body shots got him the win. Certainly two knockdowns. Okay. Okay. You know, just like Wilder, I understand the Wilder side of the argument. Disagree with it, but I understand the Wilder side of the argument in the Fury fight, right? Wilder does enter that fight as a WBC champion. But let me just say, I mean, I thought just privately that can say so won the fight. So yesterday should have been profitable for me. They called it a draw. That's what happens to six plus 600 underdogs. And I thought De Los Santos is the pursuer in the Stevenson fight. Stevenson to me looked a lot like Jamel Charlo. Let me hear from you, right? Um, I don't think there's gonna be a big outcry folks after this fight for a Haney Stevenson fight unless Haney beats Progre, has the belt at 140, and Stevenson jumps to 140 to fight him. Right? That's how I see it. If I'm Gervonta Davis and if I want another big name on my scalp, excuse me, another scalp on my resume, right? If I want another scalp on my resume, I'm looking hard at Shakur Stevenson. Right? If I feel the dollars make sense. Right? Punchers in general have to be looking at Stevenson and have to realize that there's an opportunity. Let me say this, though. Emmanuel Navarrete got hit with so many can say so jabs that he might want to rethink any plans he has of fighting Stevenson. Right? Stevenson would probably. Stevenson beat Conceso in the past, right? Even though Stevenson blows weight for that fight. Stevenson, who is almost a decade younger than Conceso and faster than Conceso, would probably be able to do a better job than Conceso when landing jabs, in my opinion, on Emmanuel Navarrete. Uh, that's my conclusion after watching the fights yesterday. Let me hear yours in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.